Good morning, good afternoon, good good evening for anyone anywhere around the world. This is Billy D with another amazing Pump You Up podcast with one of my very special friends. I wish I could hang out with you more, but you, you're in Austin, right? That's but right. Andrew Wakefield, I love you, dude, and I just want to say that from the deepest part for everything that you do and what you stand for and how you stick your neck out there and the things that you've done. So thank you for being on the call today. It's a pleasure, Billy. Always a pleasure. Good uh, to see you, man. Good to see you, too. I mean, in fact, I was having a hard time hooking up with you, and I was actually really starting to worry about you. Don't make me worry about you, dude. You're part of our <laughs> team here. You know what I mean? I was on a cruise. I went out of L.A. on a cruise. Where I did a conference on a cruise that you'd have loved. It was called Conspiracy, S-E-A, at the end. And wow. There were all kind of people on that cruise, but, I, uh, yeah, we, um, we had quite a party. That's good, and there's nothing wrong with a good, healthy party once in a while. On Voss Water, as I always say, for me. These right. I tried to do yoga at sea. That can get tricky. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh, now, let's talk about a little bit about your history. Uh, you were never like an anti-vax guy in the beginning, and I'm going to go deeper down the rabbit hole because I, I remember asking you some questions a few years ago, and I think you're maybe you're starting to start to see the light a little bit more. <laughs> but... Uh, how did you get in this whole debacle that you got into? How was it that, you know, you got painted the black sheep? So you were just in your practice. You were noticing these kids coming in that with, after their MMR were having all these issues. And you just reported what you found. And then all of a sudden, now you've lost your job. You got kicked out of your country. You lost your license. It's like, tell me about how that all went down. I think you just captured it in a nutshell. Yeah, I was a mainstream gastroenterologist. I ran a big research team of about 19 people at the Royal Free Hospital as part of the University of London. Interests in inflammatory bowel disease started getting calls in 1995 from parents saying their kids were fine, had an MMR, regressed into autism, developed terrible bowel problems. And it was clear that there was a significant issue in these children, a medical issue far and away in excess of their, their behavioral issues. And we investigated them. We had a team led by the world's leading pediatric gastroenterologist, John Walker-Smith. We scoped these children. They had inflammatory bowel disease. We treated the bowel disease, and their GI symptoms got better, but their autism also improved, and that was fascinating. So we, we you know, the parents had proven us wrong, they, the medical profession wrong. They got a bowel disease. The medical profession had ignored that. And when the parents said, my kid regressed after an MMR, we had a professional and moral obligation to investigate that, and... Over the last 20 years, I've come to believe, convinced, absolutely convinced, that the parents were right. But it's not just my opinion. It's the American Vaccine Court has ruled the same. Right. Vaccines, MMR vaccine, can cause an encephalopathy, which manifests as autism. Simple as that. And you published this paper, your original paper, wasn't it in The Lancet? That's right. Published okay. in The Lancet in 1998. Now, how did that even get in there? With I did was people, they the, the watchdogs weren't watching before that went out, or what? Tell me how that kind of happened. That was a perfectly respectable paper. It had thirteen authors, who between them had published thousands of papers. Some of the world's leading people in their respective fields. Um, the findings were accurate. They were precise. They were very presented in a very sober light, saying this doesn't prove MMR vaccine causes the syndrome described. It's simply means that further work is necessary. The paper has been misconstrued, misrepresented more than any other paper in the history of medicine. 
and uh, frankly lied about. And um, it really was a very modest, sober appraisal of what we found, what the parents reported, and what was found clinically, and urged further research. Right, and then you get slammed from this whole thing, and you know you get people saying that you were doing it for your own like financial benefit, but in the reality, you just basically lost your whole profession and your whole source of income. I mean, I don't know how anybody could say, and going against the machine, which you did, like I say, you've got big cojones. I mean, I think my cojones are getting bigger, but... Uh, <laughs> I can't tell from this angle. Well, yeah, you can't, but the reality is, I mean, we're, we've been pushing really hard and trying to get the message out, and sometimes people go, oh, I'm worried about you, Billy. I go, don't worry about me. I'm going to be fine, okay? But, you know, you, you you were never, I mean, your kids were all vaccinated. I mean, you didn't know any different at the time, and you probably had full 100% faith in that whole system, which I'm sure you're starting to really question now. Yeah, you. I have got four kids, and two. The first two had MMR. The second two didn't because I kind of wised up. I, you know, here here was I doing all this research and investigation at the same time my children were going off to get their shots. I suddenly thought, what kind of father am I? I really need to, you know, um, take this more seriously. And so the second two didn't get it. And uh, yeah, I have a major, major problem. Um, and from that point forward, with the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine in particular. But as, as, as you alluded to, the more I've learned, the more concerned I get about all vaccines. When you realize how bad the safety studies have been, what vaccines contain, how poorly tested they are, particularly in combination, you begin to worry oh, about it. Dude, that was my next question. I mean, yeah, I get a lot of flack from the so-called science heads about, you know, where do I get my research and, and give me my double-blind study and all this stuff. You know, and they're throwing that at me, and I'm thinking to my sense, I'm not the one that's asking you to stick needles in your arm, dude. I mean, I just stick to the, the core values of leading a healthy lifestyle, which means eating food and eating mostly raw foods, eating, getting plenty of exercise, not watching TV or having a lot of negative input, getting proper rest. <clears throat> and again, chiropractic, that might be over some people's heads, but not on this call. But I'm not the one that's trying to convince others to stick drugs in their kids. Why is it my responsibility to show the research? But you hit the nail right on the head. How could you even do any type of research to show the safety and the efficacy of these vaccines, especially when you're giving these kids eight shots at one time? They're getting, I don't know how many, 36 shots before they're you know 12 months old. You have to just sit back and wonder what people are actually thinking to be driven to a point where they're injecting not only these, these viral particles that are grown on dead animals and human fetuses mixed with neurotoxins, carcinogens, allergens. How can people in their right mind even not see what's going on? And well, that'll get us a little deeper down the rabbit hole. Well, I think a lot of people don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You know, they just don't want to know. And, you know, I, I do. I'm a scientist. I published 140 papers. Uh, peer-reviewed papers, chapters. I got. I went down that rabbit hole. I published a. I wrote a 250-page report on the pre-licensing safety studies of measles-containing vaccines. I was appalled. I was absolutely appalled. I thought if I'm going to get into this debate, I need to understand it. Of course, best than anyone else in the world, and I. I do, and um, I have major, major concerns. So don't come to me and say, show me your double-blind study if you haven't even done the analysis yourself. They, most right. people I just come across haven't even read the Lancet paper. Right, Yet right. They seem to know it like the back of their hand. Come right. on. Right, right. It's, um, 
the hypocrisy abounds. And, and you know, most doctors, most pediatricians, most uh, public health doctors just take what they're fed from the CDC. And we now know from oh Dr. Thompson that that is, is really, a, a, you know, a, um, a parlous state of affairs, that they have been committing fraud for at least 13 years on the MMR vaccine, knowing that it was And everything else, come on, more than just the MMR vaccine. Well, Thompson says himself, this is a, exactly like the Verstraten debacle. And that was, of course, a paper about the mercury in vaccines, where they found a huge risk of neurodevelopmental disorders in kids who've been exposed, the dose-response effect. And they spent a long, long time just squeezing that, massaging it, beating it to death until they could make that effect go away. If I had they, done that, they if any the numbers did. They would be in prison right now. Right, of course. And so should a lot of other people be in prison. Am I? Because we're going to get down that rabbit hole in a little bit. Uh, but like when I met you, you were like, we had dinner in San Diego. And it was like, I, I was really impressed how just genuine and, and tender and sweet. And you're just a beautiful person. And you know, you get people right, paint this. And I'm, I'm not saying that as a compliment. Because I mean, I truly do love you from the deepest part of my heart. And I'm really so excited that you're on our chiropractic team now. Because and because you said this, you said that about chiropractic children. What did you say from the stage? Do you remember? Well, chiropractors tend to bring their kids to, to the conferences. A lot come to your conference, and they are just so healthy. They are as healthy as we say in England as a butcher's dog. They just look, you know, they glow. They look at you. They engage. They smile. They they behave well enough to sit at the back of a conference. Right. And not disrupt it. I mean, right. they are just amazing, and it terrifies me because it makes me realize that the the vast majority of kids we see in the world today are not normal. They're not typical. They're not healthy. Something has happened to them. And chiropractors' children are what children should look like. So, um, what you said, I remember you saying this. You said the chiropractor this morning, seven thirty. I was in the hands of the delightful Julia Pinkerton. Oh my God, I'm jealous. It's all worthwhile. I sent you to her. You know that. <laughs> you got to thank me for that. I do. And I uh, yes, she dude, I hooked you up. All right, but. What you said from the stage is you said that chiropractic children will take over the world. Do you remember saying that? They will. They okay. and the children of Amish. The Amish will. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, the will, Amish will, will need to get will adjusted. rule the world, whether right. they want to or not. Right. They may right. not want to. Right. All right. So let's jump. I remember asking you this, and I, I want to. I got so many questions, I can't even think straight. Do you think that there's any vaccines that are warranted and have any efficacy? Because I asked the same question to uh, Sherry Tempenny, and she gave me a brilliant answer. But I'm going to hear yours. Well, she's a brilliant woman. You know, oh, yeah. I, would, I would say this, that the notion of protecting children against serious, now I mean serious infectious disease, using a method that is safe, truly safe, and truly effective, is laudable. Whether that's giving um, breast milk or whether that's giving transfer factor or whether that's giving vaccines. It's laudable if they are truly safe and effective. The idea is is commendable. If you can stop children get sick, getting sick from infectious disease. But the more I've learned, the more I know, starting with MMR vaccine, there are no vaccines on the schedule, in my opinion, that meet those criteria, particularly not in combination. Right. So I have a real dilemma now if people say to me, what should I do? I say, I cannot offer you advice. I cannot tell you what you should do for your children. All I can say is, in all honesty, what I would do if I had a baby now. And I would be very reluctant to give them any vaccines until these issues are finally resolved. 
And well, <laughs> Sherry basically said they're all bullshit. But uh, and I was I wanted to hear that because I mean, you know, because I used to have questions about well, how do we get rid of smallpox and how do we get rid of polio? And then I read Suzanne Humphrey's book, so I, I'm going to try to get for Cal Jam next year. Uh, she answered those questions so brilliantly for me because I mean I've I've been reading uh, you know I've read Tim O'Shea's stuff I've read uh, you know Sherry's stuff I can't even think of the Neil Miller yeah Neil Miller's books uh, Stephanie Cave's books I mean I read read everything I can when it comes to vaccines and then I I just like to educate myself on that stuff and I I, I truly in my heart felt. You know, because I came from a, a, you know, I got vaccinated as a kid. But when I was a kid, I think I got a total of five vaccines. I don't know about you, but we weren't getting drilled with all these different vaccines at the same time. And I know that's why we haven't just this explosion, as the MIT researchers saying, by the next decade, one in two kids are going to be autistic. Yeah, no, it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, I had one vaccine. I had smallpox, and that's why I kind of looked funny, but... I um <laughs> yeah me too. <laughs> I, I uh, had all the diseases measles mumps rubella, yeah me too chickenpox and you know right. So and uh, you have to admit that just natural action of developing normal God given immunity is going to create a stronger healthier immune system resist everything from cold to cancer. I mean when we try to <laughs> excuse me bend the rules in life and try to synthetically jumpstart an immune system, there's going to be negative repercussions from that. And again, I just come back to the common sense thing with me. I mean, I live my life, I just kind of try to mirror the way God intended us to live. And if you don't believe in God, let's just say Mother Nature or just live congruent to the way people lived prior to, you know, we started to destroy the planet. And again, people will say, well, well, the life expectancy of people is a lot higher now. Well, that's because people don't die from heart attacks like they used to, or they don't die from starvation. There's probably a lot less child, uh, you know, childbirth death. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons those numbers have gone down, or have gone up. I mean, plus a lot of people are alive, but they're not there. You know what I'm saying? There might be in some hospital hooked up to tubes. I mean, living life. But I think if you work with the genes that God gave you and you do everything within a natural means to get that maximum expression through nutrition and all the things that we mentioned, you're going to have a better chance than doping yourself up, injecting needles and stuff into the to yourself or you and your children. Yeah, on this conference I just went on, Billy, Sherry Tempany gave an outstanding talk on the history of the public health service and how the diseases that really were rampant and killing people very early in life were the diarrheal diseases, you know, typhus, typhoid, cholera, things that um, were associated with poor sanitation, dirty water, uh, no sewage system, and those were the killers. Smallpox was well, didn't even make it under the radar at that time, and so those were the diseases. And when we improved sanitation, when we got clean water, mortality from these diseases, morbidity from these diseases went down dramatically. So. Um, the problem is that when you take a relatively mild disease and a disease like measles that was coming dramatically more mild in a population over time, and you change the whole ecosystem by exposing the immune system in a way it's never seen it before, by giving it by injection, different root, root different dose, different strain, different age, then you combine it with two other vaccines, then a whole bunch of other vaccines, you're corrupting nature. Right. 
you and, and you pay a huge price because you cannot artificially corrupt these viruses and believe you'll get away with it because right. collectively they are hugely intelligent. They're they're geared up to survive and they will survive. They will come back to haunt you right. if if you try and if you assume in your arrogance that you can outwit them. You can't. No. Because genetically they are designed to adapt to right. genetically to, to change. Dude, you said to, that brilliantly too. It's like there's an infinite wisdom that runs this whole experience we call life and that adaptation is always there and the mutation in those viruses is going to I mean there there's no way you can beat them at their game. The only way you're going to beat them at their game is by making yourself vibrate and have a higher potential for health and then your body has that same innate adaptation wisdom to deal with those viruses on its own and when you try to bend like I say when you bend the rules, Mother Nature always bats last, and she's going to come back and kick you right in the ass, dude. And it's, that's what we're seeing happening, going on with just, I mean, let's talk about Zika right now. What, what do you think is going on with that? Well, we were in the middle of this conference, and suddenly we had an announcement that interrupted one of the speakers, which was about, you know, over the tannoy, you, you're all headed to a Zika zone, and, and uh, you're pregnant. <laughs> Thinking of getting pregnant, stop right now. So you know, stop that, having sex right now. <laughs> people had to be hauled out of their bunks. But anyway, it was, uh, it was, um, it was just the timing was perfect. I don't know much about Zika. I'd never heard of it. I thought, what a great name for a virus. I've yeah. never heard of virus before. Sounds frightening. Zika has a kind of sci-fi connotation. I read this in marketing. The medical profession likes to put lots of Zs and Xs and Vs and letters that you don't typically see in words. I mean, letters that are less used. You know, like a Viagra, you've got Prozac. Name any drug, amoxicillin. They've always got Zs and Xs and Ys and things that you just... It makes the word sexier, I think. And Zika's a perfect example of it. But it's been around since 1947. I think the Rockefellers were pushing that a long time ago to figure out it didn't do what they wanted it to do as far as population reduction. Is that right? I mean, yeah. if they called it Fred, it really wouldn't frighten you, would it? But What's that? Yeah, if, if they, they called, called it Fred, you'd think, oh, Or Andy or Billy. It just doesn't have the same thing as Zika. Okay. Oh, my God. I asked you this at Cal Jam a few years ago. And I asked you if you thought that the whole vaccine thing was a slow genocide. And you kind of said it's a sloppy way. You think there would be better ways to kill off people. But I think they got to do it in a manner that uh, is not perceivable. You know, it's got to be, like I said, the slow kill, the slow genocide. Where are you at with that right now? Is because I'm firmly in my heart feel that the whole vaccination push is just a deployment to decrease human population. It was, especially what we saw it happen in Africa with the tetanus shot and the ACG, the human chorionic gonadotropins that they were putting in there to prevent childbirth. Same thing that's going on in Brazil. They don't want people to get pregnant down there. I feel that the 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 big cheese, the big dudes, the big the big uh, the big brother that runs the planet has a goal for human depopulation. In fact, there was a great paper that came out in an epidemiological uh, research. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but it's great. It goes through everything. But one of the big things is vaccine. Where are you at with that now? Well, you know, it would be an extremely clumsy way of doing it. That's if you took the first world population like the U.S., 
It's okay. I'm a Dr. Evil, okay? And I want to depopulate the world to make it better for my team. We survive and everybody else dies. But my team, because I'm the manufacturer of vaccine, would be the United States of America or the UK. And yet they give more vaccines to children here, more accelerated, more aggressive programs, mandate them than any other country in the world. So you're killing the home team. How are you going to, you know, how are you going to play the game if you kill the home team? That would be extraordinarily clumsy to me. So there are two elements to it. One is that you're trying to decrease the population by killing people. And the other is that you are trying to prevent people reproducing to depopulate. Right. And it's quite clear to me that experience in Africa, that's sinister. That is truly sinister. If it turns out to be absolutely true, that independent laboratories can confirm that they added human chorionic gonadotrophin to tetanus vaccines in a program of vaccination specifically for girls of reproductive age, that was only there to cause permanent infertility, and that is really sinister. Right. And as you say, it seems to have had a history in South America as well. So if that's true, then anything's on. Any right. bets are on because that clearly would be um, a very, very serious human rights violation. And you look at also uh, with the MMR, which came out in the uh, more recent studies about the CC or CDC whistleblower, is that the black population, especially black boys, have a higher incidence of autism uh, in relation to those vaccines, Drew? Yeah, there are two groups they found were at high risk. They found black boys had a higher risk of autism associated with early MMR. But the other group that people seem to ignore, which is more important because it's more pervasive, is children who were developmentally normal 12 months of age, irrespective of their race, black, white, any color. They were at high risk. And that, effectively, is every child in the world who's developmentally normal at 12 months. So those are the groups in, in whom they found the high risk. So, But you're quite right. There is you know, an agenda there that you could argue is has a racial basis to it. That, And they've done this before. The CDC have done this before. In South Central Los Angeles, they gave an MMR vaccine that contained a measles strain that was associated with increased mortality in third world, world children. It was an experiment. There was no parental permission no informed consent, nothing. It was just, you know, the CDC have a track record of appalling ethical behavior. You look at the public health service superseded by the CDC in, in, um, in uh, Alabama and the Tuskegee experiments. Yep, so, yep. you know, they do this time and time again. So is it beyond them? Is it above them to do? No, no. is it beneath them to do this? No, it's absolutely not. Right. It's, you know, it's typical of their behavior. So, does it surprise me? No. Does it appall me? Yes. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't understand why the black population just doesn't go ballistic about this because it looks like, I don't know what it's going to take to get, I, I'm almost to a point now where I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in our judicial system. I don't have a lot of faith in our political, you know, the ballot box and all that. That's just me. I just feel that everything's already rigged. I think the only thing that's going to really change what's going on in this planet is a peaceful, loving you know, seven billion of us going against the machine kind of revolution. Uh, but I don't know. I saw them. I don't know. You see the movie Big Short? Great movie. And I just equated everything in that movie to what's going on in healthcare. It's the same frigging. It's just move everything over to the C CDC, the FDA, all that stuff. It's all that stuff is paid off. 
It's all a scam and it's all ready to freaking implode, dude, because so many people are waking up. And it's the reason we're getting this huge, just mandatory push to, if they're not going to do it, we're just going to make it force them to do it. And it's, I think that's pushing people back even more. It's just like the whole thing with here in the States. Well, let's have a bunch of false flag like Sandy hoaxes and things to to push the gun control issue. But the problem is it pushed people the opposite direction. More people went out and bought more and more guns. I think I, I'm not really – government can't even balance a freaking checkbook. I don't – I mean – and, and I, you know, people are concerned about, you know, the forced vaccination. They can't even keep track of a checkbook. How are they going to keep track of who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated in my opinion? But we'll see what happens down the road. So what do you what that, you're mentioning that film Billy is crucial because we um the way to to get to the people is through films films that are first yeah, and foremost entertaining and secondly have a message and we're bringing I'm want to bring our film our documentary on the CDC whistleblower down to Caljam because there's a sophisticated audience of people who will get it will understand it and it was interesting we took I watched the big short and we went back and shot a few scenes because they did such a great job of explaining in this kind of, it was a great way of taking complex financial instruments and explaining them to the public, whether it was a, a model in a bath, a bubble bath, or whatever it was, just great. So we, right, right, right. we didn't shoot the bubble bath scene, but I'd like to have done that. But we did shoot, we shot some new scenes based upon that film, so it was an inspiration. But Maybe you uh, can get Julia to do the bubble bath scene. <laughs> well, <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> great minds think alike there. Julia, are you out there? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> no, it's a compliment. She knows that. She's a beautiful lady. Um, I've completely forgotten where I was yeah, going. Yeah, me too. Anyway, Sorry. Put the message out there, Billy, that if people would like to say, see the film, we can do it. You know, as you say, we might do it on the Thursday or the Sunday, but we need enough people to stay behind. It will not disappoint, I promise well, you. How many people do we need to really make that a reality? I mean, I, I know we looked into those theaters around the uh, – the center there and they never came back to me but it's worth trying again i mean they've got various sizes but 250 300 oh that would be easy dude yeah, we could i guarantee that. i could probably just get orange county to do that i mean we could publicize it doesn't have to be just chiropractors does it because a lot of times it's hard getting chiropractors to do stuff uh but we could just have a sunday matinee if you want we could rent out one of those theaters and then i'd love to come to it as long as i got to do x-ray from nine to two so if it's something after that time it would be great okay we can do it on the sunday or the thursday night before whichever I, thursday night's going to be tough for me though okay I, as you can probably guess i have a few things going on you do but if you want to do it thursday night and people want to go to it that's another i mean we could use that as like here come come to cal jam a little early pick up your tickets and we'll have an eight o'clock matinee or uh, evening showing i will help you get that going yeah because films are a great way Tell me a little bit about the film. Well, the film, what the film does is take the high-level fraud at the CDC as told to me and Brian Hooker in person by, you know, first person by William Thompson with all the documents, all the data analysis, all the serial outputs, all the analysis plans, all the internal commu email communications, emails and texts to me telling, setting out how they defrauded the public and frank admissions and then it takes that and it interweaves through that story the personal story the street level consequences of what autism is and so it brings home to the public not only what they did and how they did it but the consequences at the population level 
So it's a very, very powerful story. And it takes some prominent doctors and it starts them off. You see them saying, wow, well, autism, their vaccines are, are great, the greatest thing that we've ever done. They read the documents, they get to the end, and you see their final And how, how would this movie compare? Because I thought Trace Amounts did a great job, too. What's your opinion of that movie? I mean, I, I know it wasn't about vaccines. It was more merely about just mercury. Yeah, no, they, that film did a great job, and it really exemplifies how making a movie can get a story out to the public. This story is aimed for those who don't know, those who don't care, those who don't think it's their problem. The great majority of America. It's not aimed for people, parents of children with autism. They already know. But this is aimed at the mainstream. So we're yeah, how do we? How, that's the big question. You know, it's like you got the big short. You know, you got that movie that makes... I mean, I don't know how many people saw it, but that's like mainstream, dude. It's a lot of people see it. How are we going to get a movie of this caliber with this message to literally millions and millions of people? Because it seems like a lot of these movies, like Trace Amounts, I mean, sure, it's all us that are watching that movie. It's not everybody else that needs to watch it that sees it. And how is it that, how is it? We're going to get this message to more and more people by making it more mainstream. It's, that's, I think, our biggest challenge. Well, you get it. You get what you do, Billy, is you get yourself a great distributor and marketing team. And that's what we've got. So this movie has been picked up by a, an outstanding distribution company in Hollywood. And it's going to hit the mainstream. That's what's going to happen. Okay, so you just need to decide if you want to do it Sunday, which I would prefer because that will I could go or if you want to do it Thursday before and then I could just you could give me a video of it and I could watch we're it we're gonna do it Sunday we wouldn't be the same without you though. okay but I just know you probably might have more what about doing both days you could do both days we could do it <laughs> we just we need bums on seats so we need people to come back to you and say yes Billy we'd love to do this all right, so what we'll do is we're going to put this out, and then I'm going to also mention it on Facebook, and then we'll send a CalJam email out. And are we going to charge for the movie, or how's that going to be? I mean, tell me what's going on with that. It's a charge enough just to cover the cost of yeah, hiring perfect. a movie system. We'll throw on some popcorn, too, for him. Some non-GMO organic popcorn with <laughs> sea salt. There was a wonderful talk. You introduced me to your the first CalJam I came to, Jeffrey Smith. Jeffrey Smith was on this cruise down to Mexico. He gave an outstanding series of presentations, so thank you for that. How many people were on that boat? Well, on the boat itself, there were kind of 3,000. It was, you know... How many people were at the, each the conference? Talk, no more than 30 or 40, so it was... That's it? No, more than that, more than that. That's not true. There were more than that. But it was, it was very good. I enjoyed it. So it wasn't Cal Jam on a boat then, is what you're saying? It wasn't quite. We'd have gone under if it was Cal Jam on a boat. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think I've asked you everything I wanted to ask you about. Uh, anything you want to mention in closing? No, just get that shoulder well again soon. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm there. I can still play guitar, so I'm stoked. And it's probably good because now I'm actually getting more. I'm not sur I can't surf, so I'm not distracted to go surfing. So I'm practicing, I was practicing guitar last night and I'm doing phone calls and doing podcasts and things I'm doing too. So God sent that there for a reason, but I'll be back on the snow in March. So good man, which is not far away. So I got to heal this sucker. You better heal, yeah. All right. I just want to tell you from the deepest part of my heart, how much I love and appreciate everything that you stand for and everything that you do. And it was, it's been just 
an honor knowing you and then having you speak on our stage. I think this is your third year. Third year. Yeah. And you were just like one of my favorite people on the whole planet. And I just, I just, I'll do anything to help you get that film where it needs to go. And just God bless you and thank you. And may God follow you around and protect both of us. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, buddy. All right, man. Great. Thank you for taking time out of your day. And I will talk to you soon. I'll probably be in correspondence with you about the movie. Thank you. We'll get a game plan going on that. Can't wait. Rock and roll. Bye-bye. Rock and roll. Just one child. I said, you change it for the school. Not your emotion, their emotion. Well, because everybody has a self-healing mechanism. We know that. Your community is desperately waiting for you to show up. Wake up out of your apathetic slumber. Tell the people all about the principles of chiropractic. Is you are the vessel of the change. Ability to move that keeps us alive. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? $7 can get you a romance novel, a number one combo at In-N-Out Burger, a 12-pack of granola bars, a cup of green juice, or one month of access to the Cal Jam Network. At Cal Jam, we take pride in the array of topics our speakers have covered over the past eight years. With the Cal Jam Network membership, most of our speakers' talks can be accessed. In our network, you can also find numerous seminars from the Dead Chiropractic Society's monthly meeting with over 100 chiropractors and some of the best speakers in the profession. The Cal Jam Network is your all-access pass to CalJam and DCS workshops, videos, and chiropractic content. From past CalJam speakers to recent DCS seminars, the network is a great resource for anybody passionate about chiropractic health or global sustainability. So don't miss out. We upload new and exciting content monthly, which can stream on any device, even your smartphone. Join the CalJam network today for only seven bucks a month at caljam.org forward slash network.